Welcome into another edition of the Gang Does Propaganda Podcast. It is I, your commissioner, call me if you get lost, a.k.a. Reed Foster, a.k.a. Reek, joined this week by the Brothers Stivelberg, a pod we have been waiting to do all season. I'm hyped. It's exciting. It's rivalry week. So much is on the line. So much is happening. Eric, a.k.a. Little Buff Boys. Daniel, a.k.a. Baby Don't Hurts Me. Have an incredible, incredible fucking podcast for you. Rivalry week, these two facing off against each other. Want to start off the podcast by looking back before we move forward and get into some awards for week 10. We got a few of them. And want to start off with, uh, I think Eric has his his nominee for this one pretty well set up. So Eric, I want to start off with you. Who are you going to award the Dad TV Prank Award of the week two? And this is, of course, a player that was an abject disaster that pissed you off. What the fuck y'all do? I don't know. What the fuck y'all do? God damn! God damn! God damn! What? Fuck! 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 The one and only... Everybody's favorite LA Ram turned Detroit Lion, Jared Goff. And I say this specifically because I had started this week. Justin Fields was on his bye. So he was my starting quarterback along with Justin Herbert. And at one point, I think he had like less, like he had six of eight completions for like 35 yards at some point. The game was, I mean, we were watching Red Zone. I actually watched the games. We watched the games together this weekend, me and Daniel. And um, I think he ends up with, what, 14 of 25 for 114 yards. So he actually did get over 100 yards. That was in doubt. At one point, I wasn't sure he was going to get 50 yards in the game. And got point me 0.56 points in fantasy. So fuck Jared Goff. See, the only problem with nominating Jared Goff is this presumption that he was supposed to be okay. Like, everyone knew he wasn't going to be okay. So so I, I'm just pointing it out. Like, I feel like there are better nominees for this award than, than someone who we all knew was going to be absolute trash. All right. Unless well, the award have... is – I mean, I think, honestly, and I think I he's mean, on you Eric's better team. nominees. I do. I do. I think he's on Eric's team – yeah, he is. So I, I, I nominate Alan Robinson, who was picked as like a top 15 wide receiver and who's been unplayable. I mean, like Alan Robinson is absolute trash. And then another, another good nominee would be Robbie Anderson, who was also picked top 25, who's turned out to be absolute trash, except I guess he, he, he had some success last game but if you ask me alan robinson the presumably best bear is just absolute trash this season but isn't that a but that's a whole season award 
I, yeah, I think we'll, Alan Robinson did me did okay by me by not playing last weekend, so I didn't have to worry about him being trash. That's a good point. Excellent point. Uh, I mean, Daniel, to your point about Robbie Anderson, I mean, it is funny to think back about the the Robbie Anderson truthers who are like, well, he, actually, he's better than DJ Moore, and we're going to see that because he has this chemistry built up with Sam Darnold. And it's like, actually, DJ Moore is just like a significantly better uh, player than Robbie Anderson, and Sam, even dumbass Sam Darnold can see that. Um, my nominee for this week's uh, Dad TV Prank Award is going to go to Mike Gesicki, who I hyped up all – I hyped him up out of nowhere last week on the podcast. This dude comes back and gets us zero points. We're talking like, I mean, we're talking hours after the podcast was recorded. This dude does, does disrespects me like this and hits us with a donut. So that's going to be my, that's going to be my nominee for that. Now we're going to go to the California pizza kitchen, Cajun chicken linguine award. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Oh, sorry, Reed. Oh, I, I, I screwed this up. I didn't realize this was just for 10 week 10. My bad. Yeah. I'm, it'll I'm, be, I'm, I just, my bad. It's okay. Right. Well, we can, uh, if you want, if, 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 it, if you can go third, will that give you enough time to pick someone? Oh, I, I have. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So we'll just, we'll just do that. Um, but I mean, that's, I mean, the Allen Robinson, I mean, that, that is also, I think for the whole season, he definitely that's is pretty good. worthy of the dad TV prank award. Um, but yeah, so now we're moving on to the week 10's California pizza kitchen, Cajun chicken linguine award for the player that impressed you that you're not supposed to think is good. Uh, have you ever visited the uh, California pizza kitchen? <laughs> no. Dear Lord, no. It's pretty delicious, Tom. No, no, it isn't, Greg. I mean, you might think it tastes delicious, but... They make a Cajun chicken linguine just how I like it. But that's not how you're supposed to like it. Okay. Eric, we'll start with you again. So I actually got somebody from my brother's team. Um, He and his friend both have this guy in the fantasy team, so whenever he was playing, they would make sure to pay attention to the game. And my... Uh, winner of this award is Jalen Hurts. Um, Hurts has, I mean, Hurts has been a good fantasy quarterback all season, but if you've watched him at some point during the season, there's been times where, like, you think to yourself, why is this kid playing quarterback? He should be either, like, a wide receiver or tight end. Just He can't, he can't throw the ball. But honestly, I thought he was excellent from um, – from what we were watching in the Denver game. I think not only was he still running the ball um, a lot, but he ended up having a few great throws. I'm like, I'm talking like uh, 20, 30 yards, um, 20, 30 yard back shoulder throws that I think um, one or two were caught. I forget. um, Wasn't there a long pass to... Yeah, there was a long pass to Devonta Smith that was caught, and then I think he had a few more that were um, catchable, but the wide receiver didn't catch him. And I thought that just he was really impressive, and this is a guy that really, at least for most of the season, for through his first 12 starts, everybody's like, this is not the quarterback of the future for the Eagles, but he might be at this point. Yeah, I mean, I've been on the, the train. I mean, the reason why I didn't target him that hard in the auction was just because, like, I've been on the train that I thought he was going to get benched at some point, and he's – Sure. I mean, the way things were trending, it looked like he might have, but, like, ever since that Detroit game, the last three games against Detroit, the Chargers, and the Broncos, 
going to a more run heavy approach where it's just like, it seemed like Sirianni finally realized that like, this is the offense you need to run with hurts. Not this like quick passing game where like, you're never handing it off or anything like that. That just seems to be like taking all the things that are good about hurts and sucking it away. Um, my nominee, Miles, Miles Sanders saying? isn't injured, right? No, he's, yeah, he's on IR. Oh, he is on IR. So Boston yeah. Scott, so that's why they're playing so much Boston Scott. Yeah, a lot of Boston Scott, a lot of Jordan Howard. Uh, yeah. oh. my, my nominee. I was going to say. Oh, sorry. No, you have, a, you have your nominee? I had, no, no, no. I was just going to say that Jalen Hurts watch on every Sunday is, is, is the highlight of my week. So Jalen Hurts watch is on and it's hot and it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's. What a run for Hertz. Uh, my nominee for the California Pizza, California Pizza Kitchen Cajun Chicken Linguini Award. What a fun name to say out loud. Uh, for the is going to go to Hunter Renfro, a player that I've always thought is a good player on like a like an actual player standpoint. But in terms of fantasy, I mean the dude's just been consistent. Like you know, another touchdown. He continues to get so many targets from Carr, especially now that Rux is out. So less targets to be going around to other people or whatever. Uh, I mean, he just, he's been a consistent flex and I don't see it. I don't see that changing at this point. Um, and also obviously got to give a shout out to Renfro um, took a class with Jack. Uh, so obviously got to shout him out for that, but yeah, he, he's outperformed what I thought. Danny boy, you have your week 10 nominee. All right. My nominee for the California pizza kitchen <laughs> What? Sorry, it's Cal. What's what's the award again? The California Cajun Pizza Kitchen Cajun Chicken Linguini Cajun award. Chicken Linguini Award for the player that I didn't think was that good, but is is just killing it. Uh, okay, I have a, I I I'm gonna put out Debo Samuel just because, and I realize he's been amazing for all year, and I was going up against him, but I just think he's blown past expectation week in week out including this week where he's wide receiver one for the week I feel like he's been wide receiver one for the week multiple times throughout the season top three wide receiver I think for the season and just I was I mean I still think Brandon Ayuk has more talent than Debo Samuel and week in week out he's just killing it he had a rushing touchdown this week he had a white, uh, 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 receiving touchdown this week and just continues to surprise me week in, week out. Yeah. He actually, I think he slowed down a little bit because like more of his touches have been, as you said, like handoffs out of the backfield or whatever. So it's less just straight, uh, catches. Uh, but like a couple weeks ago, he was like literally on pace to break Jerry Rice's single season 49ers receiving yards record, <laughs> which That's is crazy. Which like I, I have an honorable, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to throw out an honorable mention, but but uh, you're saying anytime, was well, anytime Jerry Rice is brought up and you're in the same conversation, like you're doing something right. Right, I <laughs> I agree. I have an honorable mention as well. Okay, AJ Dillon. I mean, a backup running back isn't supposed to play. Uh, isn't just supposed to take the week by storm and have the most points for a running back while you're the starting run up running back gets injured mid game. I mean, 
just an absolute beast. And like, I knew AJ Dillon was like good, but he's going to be a bona fide RB one, I think rest of season, as long as um, Aaron Jones is injured. Well, hold that thought because AJ Dillon will be coming up later in the podcast, uh, but good preview of the Dillon conversation. Now we move on to the Frank Vichard award for the result that you did not see coming. Eric, we'll start with you. Um, in general, it was the LA Chargers offense um, as a whole. I personally, I have, I guess I should have seen a comment versus the Vikings defense. Um, the, I mean, Mike Zimmer has always had a tough defense to play, but I, I just thought more of the Chargers offense, and um, I think really that. Uh, almost pick six by Eric Kendricks really set the tone of the day where um, e. Herbert just was missing a little bit on throws and the Vikings just kept on making good plays on their defense and uh, got a lot less points than I expected from my three big chargers. So, yeah, they're, they're sort of um, the result I didn't see coming because I really put a lot of stock into them getting me a good amount of points every week. Okay. I'm going to nominate the Cowboys defense, just obliterating the Falcons offense. I mean, not even close. I mean, the the score is 43 to three and that, that undersells what level of destruction this was. Um, I mean, they, they had 35 and I mean, on a fantasy perspective, the Dallas defense had 35 and a half points on Melfi's bench. Uh, Matt Ryan limited to like less than a point after he's been, I mean, the last month he's been one of the you know five to eight best quarterbacks in the league uh, and the Arthur Smith offense until he got to the Cowboys defense and the Dallas's defense, Dan Quinn really showed him off. So that's, that's going to be my nominee. And the result I didn't see coming was Taylor beating Nick 194 to 187 this past week. <laughs> I didn't know if I, I I I didn't know if we're bringing fantasy into this, but come on, sure. Taylor being the last place team and Nick, you know, flying high on a what was he on a four or five week? Well, he'd lost last streak? week to me, but he. Uh, oh, Nick lost last week to you as well. Yeah, so he's on a two game losing Oof. streak. But he, regardless of him losing last week, still most people I think viewed Nick as if if not the favorite, one of the two or three favorites to win the championship. So yeah, I mean, for Taylor to upset him is, I can tell you, I was not banking on that one iota, especially with, I mean, Taylor did that despite getting, he got less than seven points from his quarterback. From his quarterbacks. That's so right. Oh my God. I mean, I will say his, his wide receivers and to lesser extent, but still his running backs just absolutely killed it this past week. So. Yeah, I mean, Daryl Williams. Oh, Daryl uh, Williams, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw, but he mossed uh, Jonathan Abram in the end zone like a 40-yard touchdown, which ended up being like being the decisive play in the matchup. Kudos to Taylor for – for. I mean, does he have a chance? Probably not, right? He's still last in the, in the yeah. Unitas division, but – I mean, division-wise, he's, he's donezo. He's donezo, but hey – Congrats, Taylor, on the big win against Nick. 
you know, that's sometimes you just got to live for the small victories. The final award, the Viper celebrating too early award for the manager, player, or team that celebrated too early only to eventually fall. There's only one correct answer for this, and that is, of course, Barra taking the lead on Melfi on a completion to Cooper Cup, and then Matt Stafford getting sacked, Melfi retaking the lead, and then Sean McVay being a weenie and kicking the field goal and cementing the victory for Melfi. Came two minutes into the second quarter. Cuff spins, taken down inside the 10. Those are children! Say it. Say her name. Say it! Third goal. Stafford being chased, gonna be taken down. A flag comes in. Nick Bosa got there for the sack. Then a red clock. Then a smash their head in like this. So that's going to be the winner of the Viper Award for the week. I mean, that's what I had written down. So, yeah, that that was his, uh, that was a gibby. Um, all right, so now we are going to move on from the awards. We had a good time with the awards. Let's take. We're going to, you know, we're going to mix in a little bit of fantasy, a little bit of real life football, make a little, you know, an engaging ass podcast or whatever. So Eric mentioned he wanted to discuss the rookie quarterbacks and. I thought that was a great idea. And so I think that what the, the approach I want to take is that, uh, cause I think we've talked about them like in terms of like this year over ad nauseum. So there's not a whole lot to get into with that. But what I do think is interesting is what is, is going to be our 2022 outlook on all of these rookie quarterbacks. And so what the way I want to do it, you know, is basically in terms of like, if we're an auction or a snake draft, would you take this quarterback before or after you took Kirk Cousins, who I view is just the, you know, he's the perfectly higher end QB two, but he's not quite a QB one, but you don't mind having him on your team, but you, you know, he's not your favorite. Um, so does Cousins going to be a Viking mix here? Is, or is this his uh, last year? It's 50, 50. And it's well, probably more like uh, 70, 30, he comes back. Um, they could clean house, but it's also, it's really hard to get underneath it out from under his contract. He's got like a $45 million cap hit next year. So sure. Uh, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not sure what cousins, but does this version of cousins, if we assume it's the same cousins we got this year in the last few years, the outlook is, do you take them before or after cousins? Um, let's start off. We'll just go in order of when they were drafted. Let's start off with Trevor Lawrence. Would you, Daniel, we'll start with you. I would take Trevor Lawrence right before Kirk cousins. Okay. And this is obviously we're talking just fantasy. We're not talking like, right. We're turning. No, right, right, right. We're talking fantasy. We're talking fantasy. I view, I view Trevor Lawrence with mid first mid QB one upside with mid QB two downside. So based on the upside, I would, I would for sure take Trevor Lawrence before Kirk cousins. I think he runs better than Kirk cousins and he passes the ball better than Kirk cousins. Uh, well, comparable, I'll say comparable in a second year as a second year quarterback. So, so I would take him before Kirk cousins. Okay. 
Younger Steve? Or older Steve. And older Older, no, he's uh, just young as Steve, not, he's not young, older, I younger, see. just, oh, got it, he's young as Steve, then who am I, okay. I'm younger, young I'm baby, okay, fair, fair, baby fair, Steve. all right, um, I'd probably take Lawrence before Kirk Cousins as well, um, I think, like Daniel was saying, higher upside, uh, I personally, it really, I think, also depends on who's coaching there next year, is, is Urban Meyer going to be back? This is a big question. Um, because if he gets a better coach, then, of course, I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence. But if it's that sa- the same horrible situation, um, I honestly think that the ceiling is much lower, much closer to, like, a maybe high-end QB2 if Urban and the staff is still coaching him next year. All right, so let's say hypothetically then, let's say Urban is the coach next year, year two. Um, Jacksonville goes out and they, they get a wide receiver in free agency. Maybe they get Chris Godwin or Allen Robinson, or they draft Jahan Dotson. They just, they really hone in on the Penn state wide receivers. Um, so they add, they add one wide receiver, but it's the same coaching staff. Are you still taking them over cousins? Or at that point, would you maybe lean cousins because you feel more comfortable about a situation? Um, I'd still probably take Lawrence looking for the upside. I think oh. to, I think uh, the way that I approach it is um, go for the guys, always go for potential or you all bet big or go home in fantasy. Okay. So now we move on to Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick out of BYU. This one I think might be a little different. Danny boy, you're taking Zach Wilson or Kirk cousins. Uh, That's hard. I'm probably taking Kirk cousins. Although I presume Zach Wilson's upside is much higher again than Kirk Cousins. That's the problem with Kirk Cousins. I mean, granted, he's had a couple good games, you know, but like he's a pocket passing quarterback. Doesn't do much with his legs, you know. Uh, I I still think Zach Wilson has the potential to be a QB one, probably a lower end QB one. Although his floor is much lower at a low end QB two, so I would take him after Kirk Cousins. Young Eric? I definitely would take him after Kirk Cousins as well. And I I really don't see the upside on Zach Wilson. Like, yeah, he can run and he can throw it, but he throws it into the hands of the opposing team. Now he's injured for like half of this season, so he's not even getting the reps he needs. As like everybody's like saying Zach Wilson is this young core or this undeveloped prospect from BYU who needs the reps and now he's not getting those because he's injured um so I don't see why I would have any interest in Zach Wilson like um maybe for like in an auction I would take a chance on him for like three four dollars at this point but I really don't like Zach Wilson at all as a quarterback Okay, I mean, I, I the thing is, I think that you're talking about the injury stuff. That's the more relevant thing to me. That's the that's sure, the most relevant that's, thing to me I mean, as much as anything, because he's small and brittle. He got hurt a bunch at BYU. Another, exactly, like that's another thing. Like, do you try him to survive a whole season, especially if, like you, Daniel was saying, he's this running quarterback, supposed to be mobile, um, gonna be try and get you a bunch of yards through with his legs as well. He's going to be taking hits, so he he's going to be taking hits, and also that Jets' offensive line. Yeah, that was 
they supposedly worked on it, but it's still not good. And I, I mean, with the Jets, I'd be surprised if they're good next year as well. The offensive line. Yeah. Um, I think like his downside is just like, I mean, Daniel said he said his downside was like low end QB two. I'm not even sure he's that. I mean, I think low, I think like the low end of Zach Wilson is, I mean, low end Zach Wilson's unplayable. Like the version of Zach Wilson we've gotten this year has been like, you play him if you are in a desperate situation where you have no other quarterbacks and you can't get another one. Because like outside of the Titans game, like he just has not been a functional fantasy quarterback this year. Uh, and I, I don't think the upside is quite there. I mean, I, I think he's got a, a slightly higher upside than Kirk Cousins because he's got the excellent deep ball. Maybe he runs you a few more first downs, but the upside isn't enough to like overcome the fact that like the downside is way higher. Um, so now we move to number three, the number three overall pick, Trey Lance, a quarterback that I outbid Daniel for in the auction. Uh, he and I are the ones going hardest on him. Uh, so Daniel, we'll start with you. You'd see, are you still taking Trey Lance before you take Kirk Cousins? I mean, uh, that's this is Trey Lance is the hardest one because he's both, in my opinion, got the highest upside and yet the lowest floor. Um, given that he doesn't play, doesn't start any more games, I am taking him lower than Kirk Cousins. But if he finishes out the season with one or two games, he shows decently well you got to take him higher than Kirk Cousins, in my opinion. He he has the upside of a of the QB the 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 QB one. And granted, if he doesn't, or he also has the floor of you know the worst player. But if you have he uses if you if a quarterback uses their legs, I mean, you got to take him before Kirk Cousins for sure. Young Eric. I probably agree. It's the same thing I was saying. You got to bet big or go home in fantasy. You like, yeah, you definitely want a few safe guys on your team, but I think the way you, the way you win, and maybe I'm wrong about this, because I haven't won much, but is to um, try and go for a really high upside for guys you think that can really break out and that you can um, get a, I mean, it's, I think, also more fun like that when you make a bet on somebody that you like. So I would definitely go with uh, Trey Lance with the running ability with hopefully Shanahan plays him next year. I mean, you'd really really never know with Shanahan, but. Yeah, um, I mean, it it, it just seems like they can't go with Jimmy G again. Um, But I mean, you think. Kind of what we thought this year. Uh, I mean, the thing is that like Lance from the, the one game we've seen of him as a starter uh, I mean, that was just some of those brutal, like, I mean, he, he's got a, a rocket of an arm, like one of the strongest arms in the league easily, but he cannot control the velocity right now. Um, so, you I know, mean, he, I also thought that like, I mean, yeah, he has that rocket arm, but I actually didn't like how the ball looked coming out of his arm. Like it seemed that there were some throws that seemed like you, I mean, can't control his velocity and also like can't control his accuracy. Like he was overthrowing all of his wide receivers when they it, did give him a chance to pass. He still had 16 points for you, Reed, in his one start. He had 26 points in one half for you, Reed. I mean, his floor is higher and his ceiling is way higher 
than a Kirk Cousins. Granted, he, you know, he, he plays. As long if as he, he starts, yeah. As long as he starts, right? So, so if Jimmy G is – presumably he's not going to be the quarterback next year for the 49ers, you got to draft him higher. I, I'm amending my answer. You have to dra- draft Trey Lance higher than Kirk Cousins uh, given that Jimmy G is not the starter next year. How many points did you say he had against Arizona? You say 13 or 16? He had 16. Okay, so that was 16. And what do you have, like, five sacks and, like, an interception or two and no touchdowns? His numbers were 192 passing yards, an interception, two sacks. And this is where he got his points, right? He had 89 rushing yards. I mean, he ran at 16 rushing attempts. And you got to think he's going to be a better passer of the ball next year than than what he's showed this year thus far. So – once again, you got it. You, he's, he's, he's of the Lamar Jackson type, right? He throws the ball mediocrely, but you know, as a next level runner. Well, and he's, th- and he's running it higher. way more than Lamar or like even hurts this than year. Lamar. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Lamar does not, Lamar's a good thrower. I'm on the Lamar's a good thrower train. And I will say back to Zach Wilson just for just one sec. So I think I probably overstated uh, how much he ran. Uh, it looks like he only has six rushing attempts for 22 yards. So obviously not a great runner, Um, but I'm bullish on the jets. As you could probably tell from my team, I got Elijah Moore and Michael Carter, both potential amazing keepers for next year. I think they both have were, were auctioned off at $1. I'm really bullish on the jets. I'm bullish on their offensive line. Uh, they they drafted that Becton guy last year. They have that new guard this year. So Elijah Barrett Tucker, Elijah Barrett, Elijah Barrett Tucker. Thank you. So so you gotta. I don't know. I I I think Zach Wilson will 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 bounce back next year, and we'll be surprised. Let's put it that way. I, I think that's definitely fair. I mean, you probably you imagine they're going to continue adding to the team, so. And, they, you know, next year they, they probably are going to have two top 10 picks because they have their own and they also have the Seahawks first round pick from the Jamal Adams trade. Uh, now we're going to move to another guy that I think this is probably going to be a pretty short discussion. Uh, Justin Fields, y'all taking him before or after Kirk Cousins next year? Before. We know Eric's answer. <laughs> yeah, you got to take him before, right? Uh, once again, he's, he's going to be more of the Jalen Hurts vein, I think, going to l- run a bit less than Trey Lance, but going to throw better than – well, probably even better than Jalen Hurts. So, Way once again, he's yeah, he's got the upside of a of a bona fide QB one with not too low of a downside. So, so you got to take him higher than Kirk Kirk Cousins. And hopefully, he is not being coached by Matt Nagy. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that we don't like I, I don't know what the weapons are going to look like next year. Where you know Robinson's a free agent, and then. I mean, I think all the I think the, the all the wide receivers besides Darnell Mooney this year. I mean, Robinson we can get into that. That's a whole different discussion. But like the non Darnell Mooney wide receivers this year, and even I've just been awful. Like I just I, I can't believe it is twenty twenty one, and we are like relying this much on Marquise Goodwin. We're like so many plays are like we are dependent on Marquise Goodwin making this clutch catch. But Bird, like uh, what I forget his first name. Bird was actually like the mere bird. He was, I mean, he was the leading leading um, wide receiver on the Patriots last year. He got like 600 yards or whatever. 
That was because they had no one else. And like Bird, like I mean, Bird was like the fourth (laughs) wide receiver in Carolina. Sure, but the Bears have no one else. It's Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson. Suddenly forgot how to uh, catch a ball. Uh, So why aren't they giving it more to Bird? At least to give somebody a chance. Marquise Goodwin is one thing. I think. I think it's just like an abomination that we're using Cole command. I mean, lately the past couple games, we've, we've used him a little bit more, but that we're not designing plays specifically for Cole Komet. And um, we're still, we're still targeting. Um, oh my gosh. Who that, who's our second, who's our big tight Jimmy end? Graham. Jimmy Graham. Thank you. Jimmy grandpa. We're still targeting Jimmy grandpa in the end zone. And I'm like, we drafted a guy in the second round last year to be, you know, to be our Pratt Firemuth, to be our, you know, I'm not going to call Rudolph. him Kyle Rudolph to be, I'm not going to call him, you know, uh, Zach Hawkinson or, or, or to be our Zach Ertz. And yet we're still targeting Jimmy Grandpa in the end zone week in, week out. I mean, it's, it's an abomination, our offense. And I mean, there's no like 12 so, personnel either. Like you have so to, frustrating to watch. You're paying so much money to this one tight end to and have spent so much, you know, draft capital and um, cap capital on tight end, and you're not playing 12 personnel. Look, Marquise Goodwin does have some wheels still on him, right? I mean, right. I'm not uh, saying you shouldn't use him. I like, I like that he's on the team. I don't like that he is like being depended on to make like crucial catches. Like, let him like take the top off the defense and do nothing else, or maybe have him like, you know, catch a ball in space, do a little screen, use him where he's functional. Fair, fair, fair. Um, and I, I will say the one thing I will say with Cole Komet is that like, he's by far their best blocker as a tight end. And like with their issues at offensive tackle this year, they've had to keep him in a little bit more. Um, so I think that's he's been great. He's, so that's, that's affecting things. I think a little bit. Um, I, mean, I, I personally have been happy with Matt's, Matt's uh, progress over the last few weeks, which I mean, we'll talk, we'll probably talk about it. But I did pick him up as my streamer for Higby. Yeah. Uh, And so the last rookie quarterback we're going to look at uh, in this segment, Mac Jones, coming off a dominant performance against the Cleveland Browns in a blowout victory for the Patriots. Eric, are you taking Mac Jones or Kirk Cousins next year first? I'm going to take Mac Jones. Um, I think they'll probably actually be at very similar levels just because Mac Jones doesn't have that rushing ability that uh, the higher upside guys like Trevor Lawrence or uh, Justin Fields have. But I think that you put Mac Jones along with um, Josh McDaniels together. Tom Brady always did more than okay as a fantasy QB in New England. Why can't Mac Jones be a a lower-end QB1 in New England as well? Danny boy. Yeah, this is a tough one again, but I agree with Eric. I'm going to be taking Mac Jones before Kirk Cousins. I think, I mean, one, you know, he's been one of the, actually the most consistent quarterbacks in the league this year. I mean, consistently giving you like 13 to 15 points, which is obviously not a lot. You, you hope to get more points out of your QB, but I wouldn't be surprised now at the end of the season that they they let Mac Jones throw 
a bit deeper, unlock the offense just a little bit more. Jacoby Myers scored his first touchdown, as you're well aware, Reed, this, this, this past weekend. So I think just based off him being in his second year, being more comfortable in the offense, being one of the better pocket passers, you know, I, I would call it a top, call him a top 10 pocket passers in the league. I think he's, he's got a better upside than, than Kirk Cousins. So I'll be taking before Kirk Cousins next year. Yeah, to your point about Jacoby Myers, I thought um, one of my favorite moments of the season was after Myers scored the touchdown, literally the entire Patriots bench went to go mob Myers and celebrate that touchdown. And like that, that kind of camaraderie, I just don't think that like, you just don't get it. I don't think in other sports as much as football, because like other sports, you're not like literally putting your body on the line every time you step out onto the field. I mean, like you can get hurt in other sports, but like football is like constant car crashes. Uh, So I thought that was awesome. Um, And Mac, I mean, him throwing deep. I mean, he was an amazing deep ball thrower at Alabama. So I thought it was dumb that the Patriots haven't been opening it up for him a little bit more. Um, all that said, unless the Patriots go and add another wide receiver, which I think is completely possible, I'm probably going to lean Kirk just because like, I think they're, like Eric said, I think they're about the same guy. Almost. It's like Kirk, Derek Carr, Mac Jones. I think they're all going to be kind of the same guy. Uh, and if they're going to be even, I'm going to take the guy that has Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen uh, as That's the tiebreaker. Fair. But even you, Reed, who is obsessed with them youngins, you'd still take a 33-year-old, going to be 34 next year, Kirk Cousins, over the young and spry Mac Jones. Well, I don't. I just think Mac Jones is what he is. I don't. I don't know what he he's going to really grow at. I think. I think. Whereas, like Zach Wilson, I can see areas for growth, like Fields, Lawrence, Lance. Like I can, I can see areas for them to grow into. I think Mac Jones is the best quarterback of all the five at this moment, but I don't think that he's going to be, I think he's going to be almost the exact same quarterback in three years. You know, it's sort of like, I remember my grandma once told a story. She loves to tell it. We're like at the beginning of seventh grade, she was the tallest person in her entire class. And then at the end of seventh grade, um, she was the shortest person because everyone else grew. And that's kind of what I see happening with Mac Jones. Mac Jones is your grandma is what you're saying. Hi, hello, and welcome back to the 1983 National Football League Draft. And with the first round, pick John Elway, Jim Kelly. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round, pick Dan Marino, and NFL Draft. And with the first round, pick Deion Sanders. I was kind of scared. I thought the show was going to take me. I would ask for so much money that I had to put me on layaway. Welcome back to the NFL Draft. Good young players with the draft. Uh, all right, so now we're going to do a little a little diversion before we get back, before we do a, a full preview of this week. Want to do a little regular just NFL talk, uh, mix that in here. Uh, and so, you know, we're at a 17-game schedule. We're expanded to seven playoff teams, so we got three wild cards each conference. So we have, like, basically everyone's still in it besides, like, the Lions and, like, the, the Texans and the Jaguars. Everyone else is still in it. So I thought it'd be fun for us to do a draft, snake draft, where we're going to draft wild card contenders in terms of teams, in terms of confidence that they will make the playoffs. The only rules are that the, you can't take any team that leads their division or the Rams. Everyone else is fair game. We're going to do snake draft 
four teams each. Uh, Eric, we'll start with you. Or no, Daniel, we'll start with you because you're in the, the left box for me now. So now naturally it feels good to start with you. Uh, Daniel, you're first up. Who is your first team in the wild card draft? My first team in the wild card draft goes to the Dallas Cowboys. No, no, no. I'm saying, no, they can't lead their division. They can't lead their division. So at right. any, every team. Or there's no Rams. Yeah, the, the Rams don't second count. in the NFC West, or in the yeah in the NFC West, right? Okay. Yeah, because that then, one's so close. Because no, right. no other wild card team has seven wins. So, all right. fair. So, all right. So my first team will be the Kansas City Chiefs. They're leading their division. Also God, leading. Their where division. the hell? God damn it! Where the hell? <laughs> I'm, I'm. I just need to. Go I, to I don't Google know. And type in all right. All right. All right. One second. It's in the chat. It's in the chat. God damn it. All right. I'm screwing this up, y'all. All All right. It's incredible audio. All right. Ready? With the first pick of my, of the wild card. What are we calling this? The wild card draft. The wild card draft. Uh, It's going to... Oh, God, this is hard. All right, it's going to go the New England Patriots. Damn it. Six and four on a four-game winning streak with the best coach that has ever lived. Hard to argue. Yeah, I I, would have been my first pick, too. Defense is peaking. Mac Jones is smart and knows how to play quarterback. Okay, I'll keep a tab, too, of every team everyone drafts. Eric, who is your first pick? Can I go with my boys, the L.A. Chargers? I'm just going to keep on writing the Justin Herbert train until it fails me. Okay, okay, going bold. going. I like it. Uh, my first pick is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. I think that they have, you look at them, they're one of the only teams with a top 10 pass offense and top 10 pass defense. All their losses this year have been by under a touchdown. Uh, So it's all been one score games. I think things are going to even out as they started to last week. Um, Not sure they get the W against the Packers this week, but I just think the Vikings are, if I look at the NFC, I think they're probably the sixth best team now that, uh, that Jameis is out for the year. So I'm going with the Vikings for my first pick. Good choice. All right. And now don't you get the next pick as well? Oh, good call. Good call, Eric. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, All right. So my second one that I'm going to take is going to be the Carolina Panthers. Because I think that the Panthers have the best defense of any of these wild card contenders. And I think that Cam will be a lot better than Darnold, even if he won't be good necessarily. And all they need with that defense is just to be like a competent offense. That's not the worst offense I've ever seen in Panthers history. And that's not an exaggeration. So the Panthers will be my second selection. Now back to Eric. I will take the Bengals. I I think Joe Burrow is a great quarterback and he always, I mean, that's 
recipe number the first step to any success in the NFL is having a good quarterback. So, um, and I also just because partially because of that game that I half watched on Sunday, I can't pick the Steelers. Um, ben Roethlisberger is going to be out again this weekend. Um, their backup is Mason Rudolph, who is worse than Ben Roethlisberger in 2021, which is saying something. And I also like, I mean, Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. That's been a killer combo, and you think it should continue. Daniel's offended that you're just leaving out T. Higgins here. He's been trying to get me to trade for T. Higgins, but I'm not taking it. Not taking the bait. All right, Danny, you got two picks. He's out on the trading block. All right, so these are the hardest two picks, I think, in in this draft because, I mean, just everyone's now kind of in the mix. But I will actually stay in the AFC North and all oh, oh, oh. what no i just i want to see which one you pick because i don't know which, I'm, which way i know you're going. i know i'm looking i know i'm looking and i'm like oh my god all right you could just take both i might take both but no i'll all right i'll take the pittsburgh steelers i i trust good coaching I've been watching quite a bit of the Steelers, obviously, because I have Deontay Johnson. I know, Reed, you have as well because you have Najee Harris. I trust their offensive talent. Look, Ben Roethlisberger looks old, but he had been playing better until he got put on the COVID list, of course. I think perennially they have one of the best defenses in the in the league, and they have one of the best coaches in the league so i'm gonna and they also have Steelers. the half game advantage because of the tie exactly yeah. that's god can we just eliminate ties in professional football i mean it's just so so i if i were on a, a team who's potentially gonna tie i might prefer to lose honestly like especially if you're especially if you're um the what's his name what's what's campbell what's what's campbell's first name dan campbell dan campbell, dan campbell. Oh, man campbell <laughs> uh you know if like if i'm dan campbell wouldn't you rather lose that game just to then make that that first win for you that much sweeter god it was brutal that that overtime was so brutal we were watching it live in my place and i, I mean, mean do you want to do you want to risk going oh and 17 though but like honestly, oh sixteen and one is even worse. <laughs> Come it's on, it's pretty now. fucking funny. It's pretty fucking funny. Uh, um, brutal, just absolute brutal. All right. So and then for for the next wild card, God damn, this is hard. I will go. I gotta go with my boy Jalen Hurts. Four and six right now are the Philadelphia Eagles, but you know they're on the up and up. He's playing much better ball the nfc is not quite as hard of a conference so i'm taking my boy jalen hurts okay eric you're up all right i was gonna take the eagles if they were still there but obviously they aren't 
I think with my with this pick, I'll take the Colts. Okay. The Colts. Uh, I mean, the Colts. They have as good of a shot as anybody in the AFC. They're playing in a super weak division, so they're gonna hopefully rack up wins versus. So I think they have at least one more game each versus the Jags and the Texans. So hopefully you'd assume those are two wins. Um, and they, I think the the chances of them making it in the and chances of them making it in the AFC are easier. I see easier paths than some of the other NFC teams. Along with Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz has played mostly well for like 85% of his snaps. Just that the 15% of snaps that he doesn't play well, he throws pick sixes. So. Yeah, and not just pick sixes, but like, you know, pick sixes that like you wouldn't even see like a, in a computer glitch or some shit. Exactly. Um, that one. But who was it against? Like two oh, weeks well, he had, ago? Or like, no, he had back to back games, but he had one against the Titans. That was the pick six. And then the, uh, the one against the Rams. Right. No, that was the, not against the Rams. Against the. Uh, it was the Titans. Oh, Titans and then 49. No, not 49ers. Who did the Colts play after the Titans? They played the Dolphins. Dolphins. No, they played the Dolphins before that. Oh, the Jets. The Jets. The Jets. You're oh, did he have a pick six? Like, no, oh, you know what I'm thinking of? Wentz had that against the Titans, and then Matt Stafford did the same thing against the Titans the next week. So I was, I was tying the two together. Sure. Uh, yeah, I like that pick because the Colts, they get the Jaguars and the Texans again. So if you figure those are both wins, then we're putting them at seven wins. So they just got – it would be 12 games with five, five left. You got seven wins. You can go two and three, and that's nine and eight. So you, you're feeling pretty good. Um, it pains me to do this, but I probably I'm, – I'm going to take the dumbass Saints – for my first one, uh, I think that the defense, Sean Payton is just a great coach. I think they'll probably figure it out somehow, unfortunately. Uh, and then I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns. Um, I think that their defensive line is one of the best I've ever seen. And when they get, when they start dominating, they can really dominate. Um, so we, you know, we've seen them put it on teams. I mean, the, the game against the Bears, y'all recall, is just an obliteration. They wipe, they eviscerated the, the Bengals, you know, at, the passing game is, is concerning. That's why they lasted this long. But I think in terms of roster, they have clearly the best roster left of anyone that's on the, the board to be drafted. So I'm taking Browns. Eric, your last pick? Uh, I'm going to stay on brand and take my Chicago Bears. Well, this is mostly a – this is mostly a – Fields is going to have an amazing performance – after the bye and basically lead the Bears to the wild card. That's that is the only reason I'm picking them, but they can they're still in it, and I'm gonna take the Bears. Okay. Danny Boy, your last pick. And last but not least, I'm gonna take the Raiders Ooh. to make the playoffs. Just a Derek Carr pick, I assume. Hey, I don't have Derek Carr. Oh, I like yeah. Brian Edwards personally, Good and boy. Uh, I um, I don't know. I, they've been through a lot of adversity this year. One uh, way to put it. 
<laughs> and I do like Derek Carr. Nobody believes in us theory. I think their defense is better than expected. Um, and they're the Raiders. So you got to pick them to make the playoffs. I like it. I like it. I mean, to, to your point about the defense, they actually, I mean, they looked awful against the Chiefs because the Chiefs turned on the Death Star again. But entering last week, the Raiders, like, they led the league in pressure rate, or they're like top five in pressure rate, even though they blitzed less than any other team. That's how good their I'll- defensive line has been. Also, Gus Bradley decided to not play the same defense everybody else was playing against the Chiefs and right. do his own thing. And well, it, the, thing it not Bradley, the thing with Bradley is that, like, he stuck with his cover three. You know, he was one of the originators when it was, like, in first coming in vogue. And then he stuck through it when, every, when that was the, the primary defense everyone was using. And then every offense was like, all right, this is how we destroy cover three. But – now we've moved past cover three. So now Gus Bradley is back to being unique because he refused to change. And that to me is an inspirational story. And now we move. Oh my oh God. My There's going to have to be some incredible production magic from the audio engineer doing this podcast. Because I don't even think that we can properly sell how big this week is. This is, this is the biggest week in league history of the week. Biggest weeks we've ever seen. I can't even believe how big this week is. It's so big that it's it's big. It's large. Anything bigger. Yeah, I mean, you can't even think of something bigger because if you did, then you'd you'd just be thinking of this week because nothing could be bigger than this week. So mind-bendingly large that those of you with weak constitutions may want to leave the stadium. I gotta get out of here. Too late. That's right, folks. It is rivalry week. Fucking rivalry week. Part two, we got 20 fab on the line. The last fab infusion of the fucking season. Everyone's in playoff chase. Every single one of us. But not everyone will be after this week. Not everyone will be. And I think it's only appropriate. With the brother Stivelberg here. We're going to start off breaking down y'all's matchup. Number eight seed, Eric, four and six. One and four in the division against Daniel, four and six as well, but two and four in the division. Both of y'all knocked out of having any hope in the Marino division, but still quite in it for the wild card. I mean, before we get into anything, Daniel, tell me why Eric is going to get obliterated by you this week. I mean, I think you go up and down our lineup and you recognize that I have the, the better player in almost every single position. So makes it pretty easy call that I'm going to win. I think he's, I, I, there's one player I think that he has over me and that's about it. I'm going to assume that player is not Devin Singletary. Correct. He's not Devin Singletary. <laughs> okay. Eric, you tell me why Daniel doesn't stand a fucking chance against the little buff boys. I'm putting my all the eggs in the basket of the LA Chargers offense, but but for the first time in his career, Matt Nagy is going to come out of the bye and he's going to actually put together a competent game plan and win his game after the bye. 
He's 0-3. It's going to be another great game from Justin Fields. Allen Robinson is finally going to have that uh, breakout we've all been asking for. We saw signs of it in the Steelers game. He had that awesome almost touchdown that, what was it, 40 yards to get them in the lead with or help them get in the lead. Um, Justin Fields is finally getting some chemistry with his receivers and more chemistry after the bye. And it's going to be the Fields to Robinson show and the LA Chargers show. Look, I'm not going to lie. My team's underperformed all year. So I think the only, the, the only chance that Eric has is if, if, if my underperforming team continues to underperform, if they play, you know, just to their bare average, you know, if they, if they get a C grade for the week, I still got to win it at, I, I still got to win it. Right. Like the only way Eric stands a chance, if his players play a to a plus and my players underperform. So Eric, Eric's got his money in, in the bears and the chargers. Good luck to you. Two franchises that never left, that never let anyone else down. Uh, so, you know, we, we take a step back. Both of y'all picked up some new starting quarterbacks this week. Uh, looked like Jared Goff is, you know, after, I mean, after hearing Eric lambast him or lambaste, I don't, you know, which is it lambast or lambaste? It doesn't matter. After Eric excoriated Jared Goff earlier in the segment, it's not a surprise that man Campbell may be going with Tim Boyle, the Packers back a quarterback last year with the lions. Now, uh, and then Joe Flacco is going to be starting a quarterback for the Jets on Sunday. And Daniel, of course, you picked him up. But actually, the more interesting pick, pickup of Daniels, if we're going to look at any of his pickups at quarterback, it's Cam Newton. Perhaps the most important waiver wire pickup of the last week, Cam Newton, who was the QB 12 and the gang does fantasy last year, despite having maybe the worst season of his career in, in terms of a season that he started the whole season. It was worst yet, and yet he was still QB twelve. So, Daniel, my question for you is: What does your what does your quarterback situation look like rest of season? Is there any way that Cam pops into the starting lineup outside of like injuries or bye weeks? So, a couple of things. One, it just so happens that both of my quarterbacks have yet to hit their bye week. So, you know, Cam Newton is going to at least play half of the games remaining for me. Secondly, I've been shopping my quarterbacks around. And so at least I, I, have, I have trust in Cam Newton to carry me through the, the end of the regular season into the playoffs. Granted, I get, you know, an upgrade in probably my running backs, maybe wide receivers, although, man, wide receivers have been so fickle this year, except maybe Cooper Cup. So I think it might be, underratedly one of the smartest uh, pickups of the entire year a very very uh a very instinctive good pickup that i made when was it last wednesday probably so no, it was uh, thursday morning thursday morning there you go. that was a pickup that uh, let's be let's be clear here that was it was a, a shrewd pickup it was good but like the reason why you got cam was that you woke up the earliest and checked the app earliest to pick him up Reed, I didn't even know you announced it before I could. You announced it, and I was really surprised that you didn't just pick him up. 
you announced it. I was like, great. I thought I'm he was picked think- up. I assume someone picked him up. I mean, because I woke up late that day. It was like 10 o'clock or some shit when I woke up. And I was like, yeah, yeah but the can- news was broken, right? I think the news, the news was broken right around that time anyway. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it, I mean, it doesn't matter how, I mean, you got him and it was, it's right. going to be an impactful him. decision. And like you were able to immediately flip. I mean, I think Teddy and Brandon Cooks for DK Metcalf is a perfectly fair trade. Um, so, I mean, it's, I think it's going to be interesting to see that. He obviously, Cam obviously holds a significantly higher upside than Teddy to where I think, Teddy, you feel great as your backup. But I think you can probably feel a little more comfortable making a move where if you do deal Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray, who I'm not saying you should because both of them have been QB once this year, arguably top five quarterbacks in fantasy – you can feel a little more comfortable moving on off of one of those guys to upgrade at running back or wide receiver or wherever, because you have cam now, whereas Teddy, that might've been too precipitous of a drop for you to make that deal. I agree. I mean, it's definitely in the cards. Uh, I'm shopping around. Let's put it that way. Reed. I'm shopping around. It's black Friday. I'm looking for a core. I'm looking for an upgrade in my running back. So for all you listeners out there, I got some good assets. Let's put it that way. Hear that, guys? Daniel's got a good ass. Uh, Daniel, good ass. four straight losses since the first rivalry week when you came became head victorious over Eric. And it's been three straight matches where you've gone under 160 points. Six straight matches you've gone under 180 points. Um, but would you say that, you know, with – You've been without Kyler Murray, Saquon Barkley, Calvin Ridley, Dawson Knox, Kadarius Toney off and on uh, of late during this stretch. So do you think this is a situation where, and I'll ask you too, Eric, with, with regards to Daniel's team, is this just an instance where, I mean, Daniel just needs to get healthy or do you think that like there are deeper underlying concerns? I mean, look, we've all talked about Taylor's injuries We've talked about Gibby's injuries. I think my injuries have flown under the radar. You, you, you bring up a good point. Kyler's been injured twice for, for two games. Saquon has missed, you know, half his games. Uh, Kadarius Tony missed a game or two. Oh, well, he missed, he missed two games. Didn't he, he was, he was in for one drive and then, and then out for the rest of that game and then missed a subsequent game. My, Calvin Ridley, who I made a trade for early on this season has now, you know, and we completely support, you know, him taking care of his mental health, but you know, he's been out as well. So man, my, 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 my guys are getting healthy, you know, and they need to step it up. No doubt. My guys need to step it up, but you know, I think, I think we'll see how this go this week goes. If this week goes well, the league's got to look out. D Stiv is coming to, to, to win the whole entire league. He's coming for it. So Eric, would you, would you agree with Daniel there? Or do you think that? I definitely think think that, I think that if his guys get healthy towards the end of the regular season or towards the end of the season, he could make a deep run in the playoffs. I mean, he does still have Kyler. Saquon was definitely looking like the Saquon we thought he would look like coming out of college before he got injured. Um, uh, I don't know about Ridley. I still have questions. I don't think he was doing too well 
um, before he decides to, but that could have been because of his poor mental health. And Kadarius Tony was definitely a was a good uh, pickup at the auction. So um, definitely, there are reasons to be there are reasons to be optimistic. But like Daniel's been saying, the guys that have been playing have been underperforming. So uh, definitely. I mean, I'm hoping that trend continues this week. So, of course. Uh, now, I will say, I do think that um, I think where the injuries have hurt you, Daniel, is that like you're like you're arguably the most active manager on the waiver wire, and as a result, you're constantly replenishing your bench, replenishing your depth. Um, but because you've had all these injuries, you haven't been able to consolidate your depth into stars, which has meant where you have a lot of guys where it's like. You don't ever like, I feel like with some people, they have like two or three start sit decisions max a week where they're like, I don't know which way I'm going to go. And usually even if you have at this point in the season, if you have one, that's, that's kind of nice to have, but I feel like you, I feel like it's like between like three to five every week. I don't know who you should be starting. I, I look at it and like, it seems like, it seems like a lot of the times you've just kind of been picking the wrong person. And I don't know if that's like, I mean, I think a lot of that's mostly just luck or whatever. Um, but because you haven't been able to consolidate because you've needed to use your depth because you've been injured or whatever, because you haven't been able to consolidate, you're going to be in a situation where if you do make the playoffs, you're going to have to really just play your cards right in terms of who you start more than other people. I think just because like you, it's the blessing and a curse that you've given yourself a lot of quality options. Look, Reed, you're preaching to the choir here. I, I, I know, I, I know I have that problem. I mean, I'm looking to consolidate. I'm, 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 I'm putting feelers out there. I offered Eric a trade this morning, offered Taylor a trade. I'm trying to, I'm offering Gibby trades not biting yet. You know, it, it's a hard time of the season to trade. I'm, 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 I'm realizing because people don't want to trade their top, top guys for more depth thinking that, you know, the top guys will carry them into the playoffs potentially. Um, so, so I'm learning it the hard way. I was able I, to consolidate a couple good, you know, you, you pointed out the Brandon cooks. Um, who would for I, DK trade? I trade. remember? Sorry? It was Brandon cooks and Teddy for DK. Right. Teddy, Brandon Cooks and Teddy for, for DK. And I, I think that was obviously a good, a good trade. So uh, able to send away one mediocre or one, you know, wide receiver two, three, two, to get hopefully a wide receiver one. So, Hey, I'm looking to consolidate. What can I say? Okay. And then, um, yeah. And so, uh, we, we, we kind of take, we flip things over and take a look at Eric's team. He's gone two and two since the first rivalry week. Uh, but as also, so he's had a little bit more better luck than you have since the first rivalry week, but he's also failed to reach 180 points since week five. And actually a weird stat for you. Eric is one and two this year when he scores over 200 points, including going Oh, and two in his highest scoring weeks. Um, so that's kind of weird. So maybe, maybe the best thing that could happen for you is that Eric really explodes for like 250. Cause that means you're going to explode for 270. Um, That's a good so point, Reed. You, you look at it. How could, I would say like, we're looking at Eric's team. I mean, we've, 
we've we done the fields thing ad nauseum. We did it earlier this, today or whatever. But I think right now what's interesting with Eric is that like he's vacillated in terms of like his running back depth where sometimes he's been really deep. And now we're looking at a time where even like two or three weeks ago, he was remarkably deep because you had, I mean, Zach Moss is out. Khalil Herbert was the guy in Chicago. Uh, Elijah Mitchell guy in San Francisco. And obviously Austin Eckler is probably a top three running back rest of season. Now Elijah Mitchell just had finger surgery. Doesn't look like Singletary is going to be taking the job, taking the job all for himself in the bills backfield. Uh, And, you know, Montgomery came back and was back to over 80% of the snaps. So how concerned are we at running back for Eric? Is this a crippling weakness for him at this point? You think? I mean, Mitchell, I'm personally not too worried. Mitchell's going to play this week. It's so Peyton, but Kyle Shanahan um, said it was a pain tolerance issue. So I'm pretty sure that, um, and really, I just need two guys to play from this point on. And I have enough wide receiver depth, hopefully, to, uh, or to stream some guys as my uh as my wild cards. So. I mean, if I were Eric, I'd be just generally concerned, but yes, you, I, I don't think Elijah. It's like a general sense of concern, like for life, just like walking around, like Taco Bell. Like I got some concern about these cheesy gordita crunches are about to get. Agreed. 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 And specifically when talking about his football team, as fantasy football team, I mean, like, you know, it's like we almost have the opposite team where like, you know, if things, if, if the cards fall right for Eric, he can potentially, you know, outscore me in a week. And then you look at his depth and it's like Rondale Moore and, you know, Khalil Herbert, as you mentioned, Reed, who doesn't, who uh, has David Montgomery's back. He, he's going to get only 20% of the Chicago carries. He's got J.D. McKissick, who, you know, flashed at some points when Antonio Gibson's out. Now Antonio Gibson's back. So, I don't know. I mean, if you ask me, Eric, Eric's team, you know, is, is, has, a, has a low floor but a potentially high ceiling. Hey, that's – I mean, that, he's in the playoff hunt. He's in the playoff hunt. He is in the playoff and, hunt. You know, as we said, with Fields, I mean, he's been a QB one the last two weeks after a really sketchy start to the season, so he's kind of starting to stabilize it. But the other Justin, who Eric went all in on uh, earlier this year, he's been good, you know, QB nine the last Not four great. weeks at a, a little below 20 points per game. So low-end QB one the last month. Just 12 points last week against the Vikings. How do we feel about Justin Herbert the rest of the season? Are you taking him? Would you do you still think he's going to be a top half QB one? Is that fair to say? I mean, if you look at his schedule, he's got a hard schedule coming up and before he gets, we get to the fantasy football playoffs. Uh, he's got Pittsburgh this upcoming week, then the Broncos, Cincinnati is a mediocre matchup. The Giants, who you know are a frisky defense, boy, it's going to be difficult for for um, for Justin Herbert, young Justin Herbert. There, I will say, you know, 
I do love watching Justin Herbert play football. He he throws one of the prettiest passes in the in the NFL, but it's gonna I be also, a tough matchup. I like the fact I like the fact that he runs. Like he isn't scared to use his feet. Like he won't get like Kyler Murray yardage, but he has scored a few run, rushing touchdowns the last few weeks. And I I personally I personally like put all my eggs in the Justin Herbert basket earlier this season, the LA Chargers basket, and my eggs are still there. All right. Maybe a chip. Eric, not Eric is taking yet. his eggs to the egg bank. He's having them incubated. Uh, and so the last thing we want to touch on with this matchup, uh, Eric, of course, a few weeks ago in the Khalil Herbert trade also acquired Odell Beckham Jr., then a Cleveland Brown, now a Los Angeles Ram. And throughout this year, OBJ has been disappointing, no doubt. He's been the wide receiver 89 on the year, averaging just under seven points per game. Uh, so what do we, but what do we think? I mean, now he's out of Cleveland. He's in the Rams. He's in the Rams offense that now no longer has Robert Woods. What do we think are realistic expectations for Odell Beckham Jr. the rest of the season? And I'll provide some context. As I said before, OBJ has been wide receiver 89, averaging seven points a game. Cup, 28 and a half points a game, wide receiver one easily. Bobby Trees, averaging 16.63 points per game is the wide receiver 21. Van Jefferson has been the wide receiver 50, averaging 11.3 points per game. OBJ rest of season, do you think it's fair to say he can he can match Robert Woods' production and be a top 20 wide receiver fantasy-wise? I think that's high-end. That's like best-case scenario. I would probably put him, just with the way he's been playing, getting, in, getting used to the new offense, I think something realistic would be more like 13 points per game. That would be my... My guess. I mean, yeah, they're definitely going to be targeting him a lot, but he's he's just he is a different sort of player than Bobby Wood, Bobby Trees. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I mean, I think top thirty isn't out of out of question, uh, but you know, I think Van Jefferson is gonna get a lot of the Bobby Trees targets, and I think he's a sneaky you know late season player to watch out for. Who? Van Jefferson. Oh, yeah. Okay, so would you say Van Jefferson, rest of season, would you rather have Van Jefferson or, or Odell Beckham Jr.? Oof. I still would say OBJ, but not by a lot. That sounds like the right answer. Yeah, Eric, I was going to say, you don't need to answer that because, like, if you say OBJ, no, like, well, he's biased. And then if you say Van Jefferson, it's like, well, now he's – now he's hurting his own guy's trade value, and I can't put that all over the air. But, I mean, I had Ben Jefferson on my team at points this season for a few weeks, and then a few, I think that, like, I got him one – I didn't sign him one week he was hot, and then he was cold the next few weeks. Uh, uh, put him on waivers, and now I sort of regret doing that. Yeah, I mean, the but, Robert Woods getting hurt just, just brutalizes his value. Uh, or, I mean, just really just, I mean, ups his value so much. So, where, like, yeah, that's that's just a rough rate for you. I mean, it's kind of sure. works out. Some debate as to what the next, what the biggest matchup of the week is. Uh, but clearly, one of them has to be Curtis against Nick. Nur- Curtis, 
leading the uh, Unitas division, or sorry, the Marino division, and effectively knocking both of y'all out with the victory over Daniel last week. Nick on a two-game losing streak, but many still believe that he is the team to beat in the in the league right now. Uh, and sitting at three and two in the division, even though he's four and six, Nick is still right in the thick of things for the Marino division. If he beats Curtis, he will have clinched the head-to-head tiebreaker, which means he just has to win one more game than Curtis the rest of the year, and he is the Marino division champion. So there's quite a bit on the line here. Uh, Curtis, since the last rivalry week, when what was a classic against Nick, that came down to the wire, that classic Titans-Bills game where you know Curtis had the healthy Derrick Henry going up against Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs on Nick's end. Nick comes away victorious just slightly on that one. It could be huge. But since that matchup, Curtis has won three of four. He hasn't reached 200 points, but he also hasn't gone below 184. 184.12 in week seven against me was his lowest of the season. So I would say this with, with Curtis. What I would say the interesting thing with him is that we, we, talk, we touched on Debo earlier in, in the awards section. His wide receivers are unbelievable. Devontae, Tyreek, Debo, Jerry Judy. It's unbelievable. Best wide receiving core in the league, bar none. No Derrick Henry now, but James Conner has an elevated role because no Chase Edmonds. Do you think that – how many running backs rest of season, if Chase Edmonds is gone, are you taking ahead of James Conner? Five, eight, 12? 10. I take 10 running backs ahead of James Conner. That sounds about right. Um, maybe – actually probably less because – in that Cardinals offense, there's they're going to keep on running and that run game just because of Kyler. That run game is going to be above average. So, I mean, Connor wasn't Connor RB one this past week. Not this past week. The week prior. Oh, the week before. before. Right. The this past week was that horrible game versus your Panthers. Yeah. I well, I would not say it was horrible, but well, yeah. Now, a neutral observer, a neutral observer may make that comment. Uh, and so, and then the other, other side, Nick, after, after that matchup, he was on a, Nick was on a four game winning streak that even up at 500, but now has since lost two straight. Uh, and since week five, he has had an extremely high floor. Five of six games since week five have gone over 180 points. His lowest output, 167.46 against Eric in week seven. Uh, and if you think the decimals don't matter, Eric lost by less than a point. So they definitely do. And three of those six games since week five for Nick, he has gone over 219 points, including a combined 505.82 points in weeks five and six. Just ridiculous. If you're poking some holes in his team, though, the reason why he's lost the last two weeks, or part of the reason why at least, is that he has not been getting it from Derek Carr, who he's been rolling with at QB2. He's, co- he's combined for just 22.58 points the last two weeks, both games since Henry Ruggs had his DUI. How concerned are we about Derek Carr the rest of the season? And if we don't think that he's the guy for Nick rest of the year, is the answer at QB2, at QB2 on the roster, where Nick also has Jimmy Garoppolo and also has uh, Mac Jones as well? Uh, I mean, 
I think Mac Jones can be, you know, a pretty, pretty decent backup. I don't think he'll be better than Derek Carr. I mean, Derek Carr's, you know, end of season's looking pretty, pretty good, honestly. Um, I, I still would roll with Derek Carr and I got to put my money on Nick in this matchup. He's got the best quarterback in the league with running away with the best running back league. Uh, his second back's not too shabby as well. So you got to put your money on Nick in, in this matchup. Eric, what are you, your thoughts on Derek Carr, a quarterback that you traded away so you could get Justin Herbert? I mean, I, I personally like Derek. Um, I personally like Derek Carson, and I really would just choose between one of those three: Carr, Garoppolo, or Mac, based on matchup and just. And if I mean, if Mac continues improving or continues playing like he has, then Mac can definitely be a viable QB two versus some of the weaker opponents. The Patri- the Patriots played the Jets twice already, right? Yeah, they did. They they shadowed them. Yeah, they shadowed them both times. But like, I I personally think I think you gotta really like the coaching job Josh McDaniels is doing, and they're only gonna give him more opportunities to lead that offense as the season goes on. So probably if I would be choosing between Carr and and Jones, uh, depending on who I feel better about that week. Okay, uh, who are you taking in the matchup? You taking Curtis or you taking Nick? Um, I need to actually take a look at the matchup. Give me a sec. All right. Uh, um, Daniel, of course, said earlier before that he is going to side with Nick in this matchup. I think it's going to be pretty close. I think it's going to be a really close matchup. Um, I think Kirk Cousins is going to do pretty well against Green Bay. Uh, I the, But the reason why I think ultimately I'm going to lean towards Nick even though I think it's probably going to be a lower scoring matchup, Jonathan Taylor, not going to get as much done against the bills, but I don't have any faith in Russell Wilson right now. That dude did not take a single snap from under center last week because he can't take snaps because his hand is fucked. His balls look bad when he threw them. Why? Like, why am I supposed to believe that Russell Wilson, who he can't run that much anymore. He can't run it that much anymore. That's the one thing that like everyone kind of has kind of slept on. But, like, early in his career, Russ was getting, like, four or 500 rushing yards a season. It was a legitimate, like, maybe, obviously not like a Lamar Jackson type or anything, but he was given he was a legitimate dual threat guy. And now he's just a non-factor as a runner. And you're telling me that, like, a dude who's – I mean, his middle finger was just bent the wrong way, like, a month ago. He just took the pin out, and you're telling me that, like, based on what we saw last week, I'm supposed to trust that this guy can pass again? I mean, I mean, obviously, Daniel, you you probably got to be a little concerned because you're you got Metcalf now. But to me, that's why I got to lead with Nick because I don't I don't I can't trust I'm going to get anything out of Russell Wilson this week. Uh, looking and after looking at this matchup, uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, ben or Ben's walking boots. Uh, Nick's team just looks better. Um, I think that Curtis has a lot of solid guys, but I think. Nick has like all QB or just on paper. I would like most guys on Nick's better Nick's team better than Curtis's team right now. Other than yeah. maybe Devonte Adams. Well, and Tyreek Hill, you probably want 
And Debo Samuel, you probably sure. But uh, I mean, I'm, versus Diggs, Diggs, Diggs versus Hill. That I mean, I'm taking really Tyreek this year. True. I mean, that's fair. I mean, Tyreek has has a lower floor. Like he has those random like seven point games, but Tyreek also could hit you for sixty. And I can tell right. you this because I played Curtis earlier this year, and Tyreek hit me for sixty. Uh, so that's he instills a level of fear. Uh, now we move on to Barra against Sam. Barra currently the three seed at six and four. Sam five and five. Both of them need a win to stay in contention for their division. Um, you know, a loss, you know, a, a win doesn't put them in first place, either of them, and a loss doesn't put either of them completely out of things, but it makes it really hard if they lose to come back. Um, we look at Sam. He's alternated win-loss each week this season, which he was gonna, very well, – what did you say? Is he going to play Baker for his QB2? Looks like that's it looks the, like he has to. Yeah, that's the question with Barra, um, who, you know, he lost. Obviously, we mentioned before he lost to Melfi last week, a, a brutal loss because if Barra had held on against Melfi, Barra would control his destiny. All he would have to do is win out, and he is the United's division champion because he faces Jack week 14, and he already beat him head-to-head, so he would have the head-to-head. Um, but, yeah, Sam's going to get Barra on a really great week where the Rams are out. And there's a good chance that Alvin Kamara is still out. And if you're telling me the three best players on Barra's team, it's pretty easily Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, and Alvin Kamara. Well, maybe not pretty easily because he also has Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews. But, I mean, without Stafford and Cup or Kamara, I just don't see any way that Barra comes away victorious here, honestly. He doesn't even have a wide receiver three to play right now. Because his Uh, backup wide receiver is Dan Jefferson. Wow, he really does not. Uh, no, I want to ask you all to not post anything, and anyone listening, don't post anything about this in the Discord. I want to see if Barris listening to the podcast. And if he does, okay. Um, I have a question for y'all. In this matchup, I think the interesting thing, entering the season, I think we would have said Christian McCaffrey or is clearly the player that you'd want more than anyone else. I mean, Eric bid $78 for him at the auction for a reason. Highest bid player. But Cooper Cup now is having, to this point of the year, quite literally the greatest wide receiver season of all time. So rest of season, are you taking Cooper Cup or Christian McCaffrey? Eric, we'll go with you. Just real quick, either or. I think you got to go with CMC still. Just, yeah, Cooper Cup is having an amazing wide receiver season, but the just CMC gives you, like, in the 20s regularly – no questions asked, and I still have I, – I mean, it's been shown there's still questions about the Rams' offense after the last few games. So maybe – hopefully they'll figure something out though when they get OBJ in there, and um, that takes a little bit of pressure off of Cooper Cup. But, I mean, that's another thing. OBJ taking a little, some targets away from Cooper Cup may also uh, dampen his score. So I'm still going with CMC. Fantasy God. Pretty okay. easy for me. CMC. Going CMC. Okay. Who are you taking in the matchup? You going Barra or Sam? Man, it pains me to say, but I gotta I gotta take Sam in this in this matchup. I mean, he's just I mean <laughs> Barra's Barra's 
barely got anyone to play. Although, you know, could make a trade. He could make a trade with me, and it might be very, very beneficial for both of us if I uh, if I trade with him. So, it could be another. We're trying to make moves happen, baby. We're trying to make moves happen. We are. We are. Uh, I gotta go. With, I gotta go with Sam as well. All right, clean sweep for Sam. Uh, now I am now I'm six and four, two and three in the division, going up against Jack, eight and two, out of nowhere. Jack, who finished last place last season, now at the top of the table, sitting at eight and two overall, four and one in the division. If Jack beats me, I'm done in the Unitas. And if Barrow loses as well, Jack has a real chance to clinch before week 14 and clinch the division quite early. I, I have the I've gone on two straight wins to quell a three-game losing streak that you know, three-game losing streak started last rivalry week when Jack obliterated me. Uh, obviously, I recently made a pretty big addition adding Patrick Mahomes. You may have heard of him. Uh, do y'all think Mahomes is back after five touchdowns on Sunday Night Football? Do you think he is a QB one, top five QB, rest of season, Daniel, yes, no? Yes. Eric, yes, yes no. Okay. That, that was pretty quick, and I think I agree. I am... I, I remain astounded that there was such limited interest in Patrick Mahomes after just one bad month, but that's what happens when you're shitty on national television. Uh, on the flip side, Jack finally, you know, despite being in first place, he had not had a weekly high score throughout the year until last week when he was the only one above 200 points and actually got up to over 233 points. He, you know, and the, the story of the week for Jack was that Aaron Jones went out with an MCL sprain. It looks like he's going to be out for a few weeks. And in comes A.J. Dillon is RB1 on the week. has been incredible. So I want to ask you, I mean, the la- over the last month, A.J. Dillon had sort of had, a more, had emerged to the point where Jones and Dillon were sort of like uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb with Cleveland, where both of them are viable. You want to play them every single week. So if you're, I would ask you this. What would you rather have? Would you rather have A.J. Dillon taking the lion's share of the work in Green Bay, or would you rather have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones with both of them splitting carries and both of them being viable fantasy players? I would always prefer having one running back. I mean, I'm kind of in a similar situation with Tony Pollard and Zeke. I'd always rather have the one running back being the clear RB one uh, for the team, just because you know it, it. It's a little bit greater variance, but you know the upside is much much higher that way. Eric, which way would you prefer? Um, I also agree with that. Just because then, if you have that one running back that you know is going to have that huge amount of points, you have more flexibility with the other running back spot or the other flex spot. Okay. I mean, cause you were, um, I remember like whenever you were engaging in Christian McCaffrey talks there, if I'm not mistaken, was there not like a, a one point where there was some, there was at one point where it was thought that maybe you would send Christian McCaffrey to Sam and Sam would send Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but both back. No, to I think he was just off. I think we were just, I was just going to get Chubb by himself. Okay. Which, okay. So, I mean, that, that's, I mean, 
it really depends on the situation, but I like there's very few times when I would want both playing. That has okay. to be like a chunk situation. I mean, the Dylan the Dylan Jones one was good, but now like now uh, he know, now he knows that Dylan is going to be the RB one. He can now he put in Joe Mixon. Um, he has Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon in plus Chris Godwin, who is always can always uh, pop off for a big game with the Bucks. So. Yeah. All right. So we're wrapping up with that matchup. Who are y'all taking? I will, obviously I'm going to win, I think, but I will abstain from the predictions. Who are y'all selecting in this week? Eric, you going Jack or me? Um, I'm going to go with, I think uh, I'm going to go with you, Reed. I like, I mean, I like a lot of your, the guys on your team. Uh, I mean, Jefferson killed me this past week. A scary Terry was a good trade for you for me earlier this year. Uh, definitely you have come up probably the winner of that trade. Um, but, and now you have uh, Patrick Mahomes, who there's a very good chance he might just go like Godzilla this last uh, half of the season after probably seeing all the talk about him the last month. Reek, I feel like me and you have a low-key kind of uh, rivalry going on. So, you know what? I got to stick with my boy Jack. Oh, going with Jack. Okay. And uh and uh and uh get you out of this playoff race, right? Is that what will happen? Oh no, you'll you'll still be in the playoff race. Yeah, but you know, maybe we face off against you and I face off each other week 13. So maybe you maybe if I lose, you win. Maybe we're entering week 13 both at 6 and 6 with a lot in the line in that matchup. So that could be something to look forward to. Uh and so the last matchup of the week uh taylor three and seven against melfi four and six they're not winning the division you know it feels pretty safe to say loser leaves town in this game taylor may have already left town i don't know um but they both got the w last week do you think either you know you know if they went out maybe they make the playoffs maybe they don't i don't know so i i think that like the interesting angle to take from this matchup is is i have to ask y'all your perspective on this Let's say, you know, the trade deadline is a week from Saturday. Let's say both of them are confidently out of the playoff mix before the deadline. If you're managing either of those teams and you, you can only pick one, you can either ensure a stable keeper situation entering next year so you're, you have a good team set up for next year. Or you can avoid finishing last place this year and avoid the punishment. Which of those two things are you prioritizing? If you can only prioritize one, Eric. Um, what's the punishment again? It's like 10 beers and. You have to consume a total of 24 um, beer is like out 24 drinks, alcoholic beverages, uh, slices of pizza or pieces of uh, or waffles, pancakes or French toast. Or whatever. So you got to eat okay. 24 of those in a 12 hour span. 24 of those along with the 24 beers? No, it's any combination of those. Okay, You'll die. <laughs> You'll die with 24 <laughs> beers. Um, you got to drink 24 beers, no questions, in 12 hours. <laughs> I would probably, like, if I'm Taylor, I'm looking through his guys. 
I'm not sure who he would want as a keeper. And so, like, if Taylor loses, which there's a very good chance that could happen, and I'm, like, looking to try and get somebody, like, see if Nick would be willing to part, part with Mac, Mac Jones or somebody that he could keep. Well, he's, um, got, because... he's, he's probably going to go with, like, Trey – because he acquired Trey Lance and Devonta Smith for me in the uh, oh, Holmes trade. I did not realize that Trey Lance – he has Trey Lance. Okay. But still, I would definitely – I probably would um, be figure, thinking about next season, figure out who I want for as a keeper for next season at that point. Um, oh, so you're not you you you're more interested in winning the championship than avoiding last. Exactly. Okay. If I'm not winning this year, then I definitely am looking to figure out how I'm going to start my start winning the next year early. Danny boy. Yeah, I would prioritize starting winning next year. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the move. I think um, I think that like with the keepers or whatever, I think that like I think if you're going into the next year without a solid keeper, you're really, really starting out behind the eight ball because like, you know, the auction next year, we're all, I mean, every single one of us got a value pick. And realistically, all of us got multiple value picks throughout the auction. And all of us had multiple terrible picks. And so if you're not going, if you're not entering next auction with two keepers that you feel are two value picks, you're, you're starting off so far behind everyone else. And in a league where already, I mean, if you're, what do you call it? If, if you're in Taylor or Melfi's situation, then like, it's not like you killed it this year. So if you, you're saying that you finished last and then you're already going to be starting from a crappier position next year, that doesn't sound too good to me. Um, so before we, you know, before we head out, is there anything else y'all want to add about anything you want? It could be literally any topic you want. The vibes coming out of the UC are excellent. Go bold. I think I'm going to crush Eric this weekend. Go me. You know, that's sometimes you just got to live for the small victories. He's got a, a rocket of an arm, like one of the strongest arms in the league, easily. But even you, Reed, who is obsessed with them youngins, to be, you know, to be our Pat Fryermuth. Jimmy Grandpa, thank you, Jimmy Grandpa. We're still targeting Jimmy Grandpa in the end zone. And I'm like, Jimmy Grandpa, thank you, Jimmy Grandpa. We're still targeting Jimmy Grandpa in the end zone. And I'm like, Jimmy Grandpa, thank you, Jimmy Grandpa. We're still targeting Jimmy Grandpa in the end zone. And I'm like, Jimmy Grandpa, thank you, Jimmy Grandpa. We're still targeting Jimmy Grandpa in the end zone. And I'm like, Jimmy Grandpa, thank you, Jimmy Grandpa. We're still targeting Jimmy Grandpa in the end zone. And I'm like, Jimmy Grandpa, thank you, Jimmy Grandpa. We're still targeting Jimmy Grandpa in the end zone. And I'm like...